Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about egregores. So, what is egregore from the spiritual perspective? An egregore is a cluster of energy, quite dense energy, um, that is created by a group of people who are united by the same thought frequency or feeling frequency. Now, of course, we know that thoughts and feelings are interconnected, so they are arguably one and the same frequency. So, yeah, you can think of it as a cluster of energy. Um, Sometimes it's been described as a thought form, but it goes above and beyond just the mental. Um, So, yeah, it's a cluster of energy, um, invisible, Mm -hmm. with very um, real power, (laughs) despite being invisible. Um, And it is governed by a set of rules of, of, of that group, it is powered by the energy of that collective group. Um, egregores, um, there are egregores, I mean, they come in all shapes and sizes, um, to be honest, but uh, the biggest ones are powered by uh, thoughts of a lot of, and intentions of a lot of people, um, hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of people. Hmm. So uh, the second you think about something, it creates an egregore? No. No. How is it formed then? Yeah, so it needs to be a persistent thought um, that multiple people contribute to. You in and of yourself don't yet create an egregore. Although there are personal egregores, right? like each human has an egregore of themselves, but it would not exist in a vacuum. So if you were the only person alive on Earth and didn't come in contact with other beings, you would have never um, have an egregore of yourself. Because your personal egregore is a combination of thoughts and feelings people have towards you. So the reason you have your own personal egregore is because you come in contact with people and they have opinions about you, they fo- they have thoughts about you, they have feelings about you, etc., etc. So all of that would go into forming your, your personal egregore or like an energy cluster of yourself, so to say. Um, Generally speaking, though, it takes at least two people. Two people is the absolute minimum to build an energy cluster called an egregore. And generally, these people need to be aligned by a particular idea, thought, or they they create some type of organization together. I'll give you an example. Um, when two people get married, it creates the egregore of that family, but it takes two people, not one person. Hmm. Right. So egregores go and span and, and are supported by at least two people and up to infinity, I guess. Yeah. So what, what, 
hasn't hasn't it always been here on this planet like this mental structure um or like is it part of the matrix oh (laughs) everything on this planet is part of the matrix this matrix this planet does not exist without the matrix yeah I mean, maybe... uh, The Matrix is a virtual reality that contains within itself everything that you know to be true. Or Egregore, it's it's a construct that is present in the entire universe. No, it's matrix structure. Mm Mm-hmm. Of well, it depends particular... depends on your definition of the universe, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, some people would define universe as the matrix and other people would define the universe as the matrix and everything outside of the matrix. So depending on your, your definition of the universe. Huh. Wow. Okay. So I'm thinking more about like the physical universe we live in. Yeah. So an egregore is an energetic structure that is inherent within the structure of the matrix. Uh-huh. Got it. And uh, what what is the main function of the egregore? Like, why do we need it? Um, you don't necessarily need it. It's just how this reality works, so to say. Um, there are there are different functions of egregores. Um. They need to, uh, like, the energy of alignment creates it like a structure that governs that alignment. So, um, part of it is because when, um, like, the universe, the architects of the matrix, if you will, don't like wasted energy. So by developing an energetic structure that governs a group of people, by definition, what they're doing is they're creating pathways through which the energy travels. Um, almost like um, a template of, of, of how, of a template of an interaction, if you will. Mm-hmm. And through that, they are able to not necessarily conserve or preserve energy, but not waste energy. Hmm. So partially, right, like from the architect's perspective, it is a way to optimize energy within the system. Hmm. That's so interesting. But of course, from the human perspective or the organizational perspective, functions might really differ, right? Right. Um, You would say, or you could say that in any type of movement, organization, et cetera, et cetera, if it wasn't for an energetic structure of an egregore, organizations would have a very hard time growing and getting momentum and getting alignment and inviting new users and new supporters or new followers. Because an egregore is technically like a little mini network, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine like an electricity network. Um, And each of your houses technically has an electricity network, right? Um, Now, of course, each of the houses that has electricity is also connected into this larger network, right? Which is technically not that different from how egregores are, you know, um, how they exist within the matrix structure. Um, so each egregore is like a mini electricity network. So when a human joins an organization, um, and again, every organization that has more than one member has an egregore by definition. Um, so when a new human, a new adept, a new follower joins the network, um, the egregore acts as the collective, almost subconscious or conscious or both of that group. 
So um, the new human gets plugged into that network, into that electric current. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things are being uploaded into that human, so to say, from that network. Right. So it's, it's a way to connect the dots. Mm -hmm. Right. So there are verbal information. There is verbal information that's going to be passed to that person about the structure. And then but then there is also nonverbal information. I'll explain it. I'll try to bring it home for you. You know how um, um, in corporate. Right. Um, a, a lot of you have had experience with working for a corporation. Or you have friends working in a corporation. Um, there is a concept of culture. Right. So like an organization has culture. What culture is, is defined by an egregore of, of the organization, which is technically the rules and regulations of that organization, as well as how people behave towards one another. Um, you know, what is valued within the organization? Is it achievement? Is it treating people kindly? You know, does the customer come first? Like all of that, right, makes up an egregore. So it's like this collective ball of energy that encompasses within itself all the thoughts, feelings, all the decision-making of the group, their attitudes towards one another and the world. So all of that would be contained within one, like, within the egregore. So when the new person joins the organization, they're joining the culture. And the likelihood, you know, and the likelihood... Like if the organization is big enough, one person cannot change that culture. They barely impact it, right? So that's why in like large multinational corporations, like the, every person is a little bit like a cog in the wheel because they don't really change the, the collective because there are so many participants in that egregore. For smaller egregores, for like, I don't know, small businesses, like 5, 10, 50 people, 100 people, like any new person can still sway the collective, if you will. Mm -hmm. So where I was going with this, though, is everybody kind of knows that organizations have cultures, right? But when a new person gets onboarded into a new culture, a new group, a new company, only part of the information that they get is verbal. Maybe about 90% of the information about how the group works, they get from an egregore. And that is a subconscious type of communication, which is passed on through the mental structures of this egregore into the brain of the individual. So it's literally like an, a download. Hmm. And this happens unbeknownst to this person. Right? And that's why they say like when in Rome do as the Romans, when even if you don't want to behave like the Romans, very often like the likelihood of you coming into a very strong culture um, and changing it is 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 very close to zero. So most likely you're gonna, going to adapt and adopt the behaviors and attitudes of the group. And it's not because the group is going to push you to do that. It's because the egregore is going to align you into its structure. So in order to create coherent groups, right? Um, and the, in, in the matrix, creating groups and creating successful group projects is a very important aspect of the matrix. If the matrix didn't enable beings, humans, to create groups effectively, they would, um, the matrix in essence would be limiting the, um, the expansion of the individual and the collective. So it had to enable those groups um, to be formed quite seamless, seamlessly and smoothly. And so the concept of an egregore was created. Mm-hmm. 
I see. Okay. And uh, are there any rules how it functions or how it's created? I wouldn't call them rules. Um, I mean, there's there is a mm -hmm. process to everything, mm -hmm. right? Um, the rules of the egregore is that there is always um, a founding energy, right? Um, which is not necessarily only one founder, you know? If there are multiple people that hold hands and create a movement or um, I don't know, anything, like a political party, a company, anything, an organization, um, generally it's the joint energy of those original, uh, the OGs, mm -hmm. <laughs> the original gangsters, that makes up the... Um, it, it starts building that network, right? So initially, the network only consists of the energy of these founders, if you will. And then down the road, as they bring in new people into the organization or into the movement, um, that energy, um, like the, um, their energy starts getting, um, start getting intermingled with one another. And so that changes the egregore. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, th the basic... Uh, I don't know if biology is the right way, but like um, construction of an egregore is it operates like everything else in the universe. It is um, a process of um, a pendulum. And what I mean by that is there is going to be the rise and the fall. So with it, which egregore as an energetic structure, there is the beginning um, the culmination point, the strongest point, and then the end, basically, mm -hmm. right? Um, so um, it operates in, um, basically, it's like a, a little bit of a parabolic structure. Um, and at its peak, right, like its peak state is when the egregore has the most adepts, like the most people that feed the egregore with it, their strength, energy, um, and by feed, I also mean like, so like, how do you, how do people engage with an egregore, right? They think about it. Um, they work for it. Sometimes they talk about it. They obsess over it. They get paid by it. Um, they give it attention and time, right? So that's how you feed an egregore, mm -hmm. right? So the more people that are feeding the egregore, the stronger the egregore. Now, everything needs to eventually die out. There are you know, there are pretty much no egregores that exist forever uh, because it is the ebbs and the flows of the universe. That which has the beginning has the end. So that is probably the number one most important rule, if you will, of an egregore, hmm. right? It is, in essence, a temporary structure, which is not to say that each egregore is created equal. And what would be the end of the egregore when nobody... Yeah, no, them. nobody remembers it anymore. So no attention goes to feed it. So over time, because it's an energetic structure, um, it would slowly dissolve itself. Hmm. So unfortunately, egregores cannot support themselves without human energy because they're made of human energy. So and until one last person remembers it, it still exists? Yes, correct. Uh, and uh, does it mean that it loses all its power once. Not immediately, but over time, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So imagine that um, the history was rewritten mm -hmm. and whoever rewrote the history cut out the uh, Second World War out of the history, mm -hmm. right? So the generations that remember that the Second World War happened would keep feeding that. But over time, you know, the history has been rewritten and say uh, the history, the new history says that there has not been the war. Mm -hmm. um, so over time, there will be no new adepts. And the older adepts are going to die out because, well, human lifespans are not infinite. Mm -hmm. And so the minute that last person dies is the beginning of the decay of the egregore because it cannot support itself without the new adepts. Mm. And that is how it would just disappear into, for all intents and purposes, thin air. So that energy, that trapped energy, is going to be redistributed into, uh, you know, for other purposes. Yeah. And if uh, in case somebody remembers it eventually, right, maybe they find out that there was actually second world. Yeah. Are you going to tap into this say, energy? Correct. Or it's going to be just a little tiny Correct. portion. So the carcass, uh, the, the carcass of, of, of that egregore um, remains. Hmm. Um, it just goes to um, the aspect of the matrix that is not very well traveled. It goes, it, it gets like shipped to a very remote location, so to hmm. say. Because you know, like matrix is cells, right? Yeah. It's all like vertical, horizontal lines and it's... Um, you know, it, it has things that are located in the center and it has um, cells that are located in the periphery. So old egregores that have, by all intents and purposes, have been dissolved, The um, it still maintains the um, carcass, right? Mm -hmm. The skeleton. Yeah. But it's it's more like of an inanimate skeleton. Part of the Akashic records, like it's almost like the Akashic records would have the memory of that. Mm -hmm. Or the location of the of the cell of the um, skeleton, but it's not going to be in its animated state. No energy is going to go to supporting it up until at least one person remembers, and then it could always be recycled, oh, that's if needed, if need very be. Yes. Okay. And uh, does it have its own consciousness? Yes and no. Um, the consciousness of the egregore is exactly and directly correlated to the collective consciousness of the group. Mm -hmm. So while it in of itself does not act like a human, like it doesn't have a soul, mm -hmm. if you will, right? But because that collective consciousness um, has a unified frequency, that frequency is going to become the personality of that egregore. And from that perspective, you could say that it has consciousness because... Once that frequency has become aligned, uh, has uh, been aligned, an egregore um, could start acting in accordance with that frequency hmm. in and of itself. That's so interesting. And th does it, can it have its own like needs and desires? It can only have its own needs and desires in as much as they are aligned with the energy of the group. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Say we're talking about a business, right? A, a startup, whatever. And the people who are in the startup really wanted to do well. And they're putting that collective energy into the egregore like, we want you to grow. We want you to be successful. We want you to take over the world. And that's why you have all these mission statements, vision statements, strategy statements, all the good stuff. Like all of that 
it helps build up the skeleton of that egregore. Now, they've already fueled this egregore with the wanting and the needing of that egregore to keep growing. So the egregore is going to start taking that as its own frequency, right? And take that as the law. The law is, I want it, like now the egregore almost like believes that it wants to grow, right? So as an energetic structure, and we know everything is energy and energy moves the matrix around, it would interact with other energy structures, right, to grow. Hmm. On the flip side, if the same group of people say they're really done with this business, they don't see that going anywhere. And a lot of them are sending like, and it has to be a critical mass, right? Enough of them are sending this thought form into the egregore of we're we're kind of done here we're 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 really done like we don't want to be here we don't want to be a part of this this is not going anywhere this is going to go out of business over time this changes the frequency of an egregore so an egregore who is fueled by these types of thoughts becomes those types of thoughts and is not going to fight for itself because its own desire is to be dissolved Hmm. So it means that people always control it. Uh, it doesn't control the people. majority controls. Yes, the majority controls. Yes, the way they think. One individual person cannot. I mean, if, especially for big egregores. Again, doesn't move the needle whatsoever. Even mm. the founding member, hmm. because at a certain point in time, while the founding mem- member is always going to be the beneficiary of the egregore, um, it, you know if that person's energy starts really deviating from the energy of the majority of the group, they tend to not stay within the egregore. Hmm. Yeah. They leave. Yes. Or get pushed out. And that's, and that's generally what happens, right? Like egregores are all about alignment. This is kind of like the aligning energy structure of the matrix. It's kind of like it's collecting all the same uh, vibrations together. That's why like there is even such a thing of like a culture fit or not a culture fit. What a culture fit is from this perspective is as we are interviewing you, do we believe that you think enough like us that once you join this organization, we're going to move as one unit? Or are you going to be like a sore thumb or a thorn in our side, always contrarian and not going to march when you're being ordered to march, so to say? So that's not perceived to be a culture fit Mm. because egregores are homogenous structures. They attract homogenous type people that are kind of on the same wavelength more often than not. Hmm. Got it. Right. Is there uh, like an anatomy of uh, egregores? Like they made of something? Well, so the way you should think about that is a network structure. And the network structure is a structure of cells. So it's kind of like its own mini matrix in some way. And it has a carcass or a skeleton. And that skeleton is made of pathways. And those pathways are um, like a grid. It's a grid structure is all it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And generally it's spherical in nature. So it's a sphere with a grid. Mm -hmm. And through that grid... uh, uh, runs the energy in a form of uh, like electro electromagnetic currents is real what it is. That's the structure of the egregore. Hmm. I, I've heard that egregores can have like a chakral system. Is it 
True. You could say yes, because um, their vibration could be broken down into um, the chakras. Um, although it does depend on, on an egregore. Not every egregore has like a very built out chakral system. Is it like depending on the size or the cause? Uh, very often, yeah, like the um, the ones that have enough adepts, like the um, have a more pronounced energetic structure and also um, as they solidify in time. Hmm. So younger ones kind of like have um, very open energy centers at the beginning mm -hmm. because it's survival mode. When it's survival mode, it's more about seeking your path and seeking what's going to make you grow as opposed to being set in your ways. Uh, as opposed to a more established organization is very set in its own ways. So um, the way you should think about it, and I don't know if you guys studied human design at all, but they have this op this concept of like open centers and, and full centers of energy centers. So um, an egregore of a very established corporation, I don't know, like a Coca-Cola or a McDonald's, if you will, um, has a chakral system that um, is very, like each center contains a frequency because A, it has a lot of adepts, it's very big, and it's very set in its own ways. That's why it's very hard for older companies, more established companies to innovate is because in order to innovate, you have to have open energy centers that can take in from the world, mix something up, produce an output. Older corporations are very set in their ways, so each of their energy centers is going to emit a particular frequency already, right? And collectively, all of those put together are going to emit um, or like give off the vibe of the whole egregore. You know, what does it stand for? Like all these companies like to stand for something. Does it stand for trust? Does it stand for fun? Does it stand for, I don't know, saving the planet? Like the whatever, like everything stands for something, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, unless you're a young company, you don't know what you stand for just yet. You're trying to figure out. And as you know, as you're going through that process of, of branding or like building or whatever, all you're doing is you're filling up all of these chakras with some kind of energy. Or feeling some of them and keeping others open because, you know, an open mind innovates the same the same way like chakras that don't contain too much of a particular kind of energy are open to for anything, mm -hmm. right? Business models, new people coming in, reshaping things, moving the needle, rearranging the blocks, etc., etc. Hmm. Okay, and um, can you give us a couple of examples of the most uh, strongest... Uh, egregores on this planet so maybe we uh before i go there maybe we should have mentioned just to start bringing it home for people because there's a lot of confusion it's a complex topic right mm -hmm. uh a little bit out of the left field so thank you for being here um different examples of egregores right so every family has an egregore every celebrity has an egregore um every country has an egregore Every political party has an egregore. Every movie, song, especially if it's popular, um, has an egregore. Every company has an egregore. Um, every event, even, right? Even temporary things, right? Like now we know events are not meant to last forever, but they're going to have an egregore. Like every, I don't know, all the Olympic games 
every time they host the Olympic Games or some type of championships or, I don't know, the World Cup, each of these little events is going to have an egregore. And they're, you know, they're also family egregores. So if like for the World Cup, for instance, they, I don't remember, I think they, they hold it once every four years or something. Um, or basically it'll ladder up to the master egregore, all the baby ones. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so th- there is an egregore of everything. There are like political parties, as I mentioned, but even concepts. So like any movements, um, I don't know, su- su- uh, uh, like any um, artistic movement, uh, classicism, um, you know, would have an egregore. Um, a particular kind of um, genre of anything, like of music, has an egregore. Um any, I don't know, business as, as I said, but like any chain of like movie theaters, restaurants, everything has an egregore is what, what I'm trying to say. Objects. <laughs> Give me an example. Uh, I mean, it's not an object, but for example, uh, I don't know, drinks, alcohol, for example. Um, yes. Uh, very often, though, more often than not, it's going to be by brand. So a Bacardi is going to have an egregore and mm. Absolute is going to have an egregore. So it's not like uh, a category. Uh, unless like... people drink generic vodka. Yeah. You know, it tends to be that or like tequila, whatever, what have you. They tend to go to brands, specific brands. Mm-hmm. That energy, you know, would, would tend to be redistributed. Unless uh, it's homemade. <laughs> yes, I guess. But those tend to be less powerful. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, objects, I don't know, like the Eiffel Tower, for instance, is an egregore. Right. Brooklyn Bridge is an egregore. So mm. this like large points of interest. Um, lor- oh, like any natural feature, like the Amazon River, the Nile River the Himalayas, all of that is an egregore. That's so interesting. If you talk about, uh, for example, a river, how does this egregore work in this case? Is it like just a sphere that is in the matrix and it's just floating in, in the, on the, like in the, ma- ma- in the matrix structure and kind of connects to people or people feed it with their thoughts? Well, in order for the egregore to exist in the first place, people need to have thoughts, opinions, and feelings about the Nile River, if we're talking about the Nile River, right? for example. Yes. So, um, you know, as, you know, you are, for instance, having, a, I don't know, like experiencing the Nile River in the physical, energetically what you would be connecting to is the egregore of the Nile River. Mm-hmm makes sense because that's the only thing for you to energetically connect to right right your your feet might be dangling in the water yeah right <laughs> your your hands might be touching the water uh, or be or, or could be submerged but what you're energetically are connecting to is the egregore so what people like your perception of the river is not going to be dissimilar to the perception of others there can be multiple egregores around one thing for example right in what way? Uh, for example, I don't know. One, one person calls this river Nile and another person calls this uh, a tribe, for example, calls this river another name and they have different qualities, for example, that they th- 
think that this reader has. No, it tends to be one egregore per one object. Ah. And uh, basically, um, the the tribe, all these two different tribes are going to feed the same master egregore, Mm -hmm. which is going to mix up these two energies and produce a sum total or some in-between frequency. Got it. No, like one object doesn't have many egregores. Okay. So it's not like different perceptions create different uh, egregores. It's just a mix of yes, them correct. together. Yes, correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you for the clarification. And uh, just as an example, I guess uh, this world is created out of egregores. They're just everywhere. Right. Well, they're definitely everywhere. I don't know that I would go as far as saying it's created out of egregores. Sorry, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's just they are everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, I guess the biggest ones is just political Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Going back to the... Um, religion groups. Right? Religions are very big yeah. um, because they span a lot of... Um, well, they span generations and they span countries. So the biggest egregores are probably religious. Um, a lot of... There are a lot of big ones that have to do with disease. Not to get morbid, but like cancer egregore is one of the biggest ones on this planet. Um uh egregores around I'm, I'm looking hold on some brands have humongous egregores coca-cola actually and mcdonald's are humongous egregores um again they also span um multiple generations and a lot of countries hmm. um or Microsoft. Hmm. That one's big. Trying to see what else. Political parties not so big. Countries. Countries have big egregores too. Especially superpowers. China has a humongous egregore. The US has a big egregore. Um, the UK has a decent size egregore. Uh, alcohol has a very big egregore. Um, bigger than Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are some that are not brand-based. You know what's a big egregore? Sugar. <laughs> People just tend to, they obsess about sugar. <laughs> sugar has a massive egregore. About, um, six times, um, the size of coca-cola although coca-cola is a big obsession for humanity um health has a big egregore in and of itself like we haven't spoken that like you know feelings that people have sometimes could also be like an egregore if people like obsess about i don't know love or romantic relationships that in and of itself can become an egregore um but health is definitely a big one Mm. parenthood is a big egregore a lot of people think about and obsess about becoming a parent being a good parent um how to treat your child etc etc that's a big egregore there's a lot 
I mean, yeah, it's a lot. And uh, going maybe to more like a practical side, uh, by knowing this information, uh, how, how can you practically use it? Like, for for example, I was thinking maybe uh, if you know that this egregore is negative, like how you can leave this egregore. Define negative. Uh, affects you in the negative. Maybe it takes more energy than gives you. All right. Or how would you define actually whether it's a good for you or bad for you, egregore? Okay. It sounds like there's a lot of confusion. Yeah. So um, what you're saying is, you know, okay. So when you join an egregore, there is an energetic exchange. Um, there is an energetic exchange between you and the egregore. So you, there is always an exchange. Uh, it would be fully impossible for you to give, give, give and never receive back. And it would be fu fully impossible for you to have a relationship where you receive, 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 and don't ever give to an egregore. Impossible. It's always an exchange. There's always a loop. Um, the difference with egregores is as follows. There are basically three types. Um, well, is there three types? Kind of. Well, th there's more. I just, I just want to simplify. I, I struggle to sim simplify, but um, you have somewhere in the middle the egregores that where the giving and the receiving is 50-50. Those tend to be what we would call a healthy egregore. Um, there would be egregores, or there are, uh, and so that, that's like you're in the middle. Um, those tend to be easy to maintain. Uh, and like, these are not necessarily the ones that you would probably want to drop, right? So you, you give and you receive the same exact amount of energy. Like it might be a different format of energy, right? But it's a fair exchange. Um, and then there are um, two other almost like extremes, right? Um, and you would, um, so, so basically the one that takes a lot doesn't give a lot back. And the ones that gives a lot doesn't take a lot back. Right, so you you have basically the full spectrum of interactions, mm -hmm. right? Um, obviously, you should. I mean, it's it's always nicer to stay with the egregores that give more than they take. However, right, that's not long term sustainable, or not not very long term sustainable for an egregore, right? Because imagine if the egregore always gave more than it took, then very quickly would run out of energy, right? So the way, the reason the egregores are so complex is because they actually have to pick and choose based on the adept what their exchange is going to be. And very often, this give and take changes over time. For example, for certain egregores, what ends up happening is initially... Like, and they're, you know, they're structured in a way where they would give a lot up front to hook you in. Uh, and then, you know, at some point in time, they, they, they flip the, that polarity. So they start off by giving you so much up front. So you have this feeling of euphoria. Very often this, this happens in 
um, like religious type organizations, not necessarily like not necessarily like this larger religions, but more like cult based religions, where they're giving you a lot up front. And you feel like, oh, so accepted by the community. Everybody loves you. You're getting all these gifts and attention, all of that. And then the polarity flips and you become like a full adept of the egregore. And then it starts taking more from you than it gives you. But you're already hooked. And it's really hard for you to leave because you're part of that network, right? Now, these egregores are probably the most dangerous right? The ones that initially shower you with all this energy, and then over time, they don't. Yeah. There are egregores, and actually all of addictive substances work in that way. So your egregore of coffee, your egregore of alcohol, your egregore of Coca-Cola, sugar, drugs, smoking, um, anything you can be addicted to. You can be addicted to watching TV. I mean, you name it, right? You guys you guys are experts at addictions, probably more so than I am. So for these types of addictive egregores, they tend to give a lot up front, but then they charge you interest on it over time. And then over time, right? Like part of the addiction is also getting you, like you're not, your high is not so high. Um, meaning like you develop tolerance for a lot of these substances. Or like with, with, with coffee drinkers, for instance, very often they start with one cup a day. Next thing you know, there's like five cups a day. Or like it's one cigarette a day and then it's like 20 cigarettes a day, right? Um, it, it's because that um, the circuit of the loop is shorter for the human. So because you don't get as much as you used to, right? Your payback from the egregore is really short. It used to be a lot longer, Right. And now it's shorter. So it makes you want to come back for that high again. So you over time, you tend to consume more and more and more. When you have to consume more and more and more, that is when the egregore has flipped on you and it's getting a lot more from you than it's giving back. Hmm. That's so interesting. And those egregores, you should really, really think hard because those types of exchanges are never in your favor. These are the greediest egregores. Um, are addiction based i wonder how it happened uh because they were not created by humans right uh is it something that was in their nature then they were created by the source or architects of this universe mm, okay <laughs> like for example architects coffee. don't create egregores uh-huh um Source does not create egregores. People create egregores. The architects, the architects create the rules by which the egregores can play. And they've created and enabled that structure. But they're not responsible for any individual egregore uh -huh. at all. So coffee is addictive because of its um, composition, right? The, the way it works right on on the human it's not that somebody create said that it's addictive no nobody said that it's addictive right. um but basically it is an energetic exchange and um with coffee for instance right mm -hmm. um the egregore of coffee is loaning you energy and it's loaning you energy um that it's loaning you energy from the pool that it has, 
right? So the pool of energy, the access that the coffee egregore has is energy. And 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 I don't I, I mean it in like in the in the very human sense, mm-hmm. like power to do something, right? So um when you drink a cup of coffee, it would through the network, because you're plugged into that electricity network, it'll send you a spike of like alertness and you know, just upbeat everything that you guys associate with drinking coffee. Right? Now that energy is not your energy. It is an energy of the egregore that it just shoot up your, you know, over, it, it just sh- shot it over to you. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you kind of borrow it. But the egregore of coffee um, has, basically, it always takes back with interest. Yeah, I understand that. It just And you're uh, asking me who created it that yeah, way? Yeah, how, how it came this way. Uh, not another way. This is a, so the architects established rules, right? Like every, so the the three types that I've just discussed with you, like the give and take relationship, Mm -hmm. that was all part of the template. Right. Right. So when egregores get created, generally the person that creates it, this original person that created the first coffee drink Mm -hmm. had an intention or had an agenda. And based on that agenda, this whole category might be created <laughs> because there's always that inception point and there's always a founder and that founder had an agenda for something. Yeah. And that agenda shapes the egregore. Mm. So either that person really wanted, I don't know, maybe they, they, um, they did it because they wanted to get rich off of it and they figured out that you know if they brew it a certain way and blah 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 and add coffee and sugar sorry and milk and sugar to it then people would consume more but they really did it for money mm-hmm. and not because they wanted to build a better world or whatever <laughs> you know that changes the energetic structure of the egregore because the egregore is going to absorb that you know how they say like companies really um personify the values of the founders yeah. Well, it's because initially the egregore is going to try to borrow from your energy as much as is possible, kind of like the child borrows from the parents. Wow, it's so deep because uh, what 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 example, for example, if we have an herb, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as like, how does it have its qualities? Is it an egregore that creates this particular qualities? Like, for example, we have chamomile. Uh, right and mm-hmm. it possesses certain qualities mm-hmm. it has an egregore right it and does have an egregore but only thanks to people knowing of the chamomile talking about it interacting about it thinking about it etc etc right but the qualities that chamomile has like come calming... from the, the sponsoring entity of the chamomile a spirit ah, of chamomile okay gotcha because that would be the founder of chamomile <laughs> in this in this context yeah and the founder put this qualities into yes, this plant. Of course, because that, you know, they had an intention and they wanted to exist as a chamomile. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can create um, a certain plant with certain qualities if you found this plant. If 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 you are in um, the lab, for example, yes, in the lab you if, create yes. the plant, and you have an intention to 
this Correct. plant will cure something, for example. Correct. And then enough people believe in this. Yes. This plant can actually heal. Yes. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So good examples of egregores that actually help would be like medicinal herbs. These tend to be the egregores that take a lot less than they give. So this would always be a good energetic exchange between humans and, you know, hmm. this oh. is an example of a healthy egregore. So, you know, granted, for you guys, it's a little bit of an, an esoteric concept. But if you were to look at egregores, right, you're always better off interacting with the ones that give more than they take, obviously, or at least when it's a, 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 a normal quid, quid pro quo, like energetic 50 50 right every time you dip into the territory of i give more than i take you're gonna feel some some sort of drained because you become a donor right mm -hmm. every time you become a donor it's not an energetic exchange where you benefit sugar an addictive substance not an energetic exchange where you're going to benefit ever because your excess energy is going to get into making the egregore fatter so to say heavier what is that egregore going to do with that energy it's going to go and get itself more adepts hmm. so uh, you said that herbs is one of the examples uh what would be some other i was thinking maybe crystals stuff like that um well herbs foods right certain foods, foods. all right um a, a lot of them in the plant kingdom crystals as well yes um Oh, it depends. Certain animals, um, although that it, it depends, right? Like um, pets, certain pets, for instance. How so? Where do they get this energy? Then, if you give them less than, yeah, you give them less less than they give you. Like they kind of generate it. Well, because they all all have sponsoring entities, and those sponsoring entities also donate energy. Ah, okay. Yeah. Can you clarify what does it mean? Well, in the same way that you bring your energy, like your higher self projects forth its energy as you mm. into third dimension. Yeah. The sponsoring energy of chamomile has energy. You know, the sponsoring spirit chamomile has energy oh it's like that they bring through the plant that they donate it's like the episode about cannabis and uh correct psilocybin mushrooms right yeah there are some certain entities that actually support it like guides support. yeah ah. like so they have their own energy that they're bringing or sometimes it's other types of energy that they can funnel into the healing mm -hmm. some energies of gaia some energies of nature you know, your exchange with nature is always going to be an exchange in your favor. You yeah. give less than you take. Got it. Okay. It's because um, it's intentional and it's sponsored by all of these other higher dimensional frequencies that don't experience a lack of energy. Mm -hmm. As opposed to something like a coffee, there is no high dimensional entity a soul who <laughs> wanted to create a coffee, not to pick on coffee, nothing wrong with it, right? All in moderation. And so that's why the only energy that it has access to is 3D world energies. Hmm. And uh, let's say you are in a really, not in a healthy relationship with an egregore 
Is there mm-hmm. a way you can leave it or kind of? Yes, and you definitely should. It's a cord cutting exercise, like any any relationship with a person. Um, you can cut any relationship with an egregore that is not healthy for you. Um, did you want to ask how to do it? Yes, how to do it. Mm-hmm. So very often, and listen, we can we can do the hard or the easy way. Well, maybe I'll I'll tell you either way. So you, because we, we mentioned that you know, egregores have chakras. You have chakras. Very often, depending on the egregore that you're connected to, you would be connected through one or many chakras to that entity. So in a meditative state, if you want to go the like the more sophisticated route, right? You want to center, get centered into your body and then imagine yourself kind of like yourself as the body of light and then the egregore um, as this gridded sphere of energy um, right in front of you. And you want to examine which of the seven chakras, and we can just take a seven chakra system for the sake of simplicity, are connected. And by connected, I mean that you would literally be able to see a thread from your center to the center, to that same center on the egregore that connects you. For instance, with the egregore of coffee, very often the connection is going to be through the root center um, or the sacral. And so basically or any of the, th- the bottom three, it can be the one of the bottom three chakras or all three, right? So that's how you know, well, first, how did that egregore get you? What is it giving you, right? Um, based on your understanding of the chakras that are connected. And also how many connections do you have? If it's one chakra, it's a weaker connection. Obviously, if it's seven chakras, it's, oh my God, soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but it's like a hard connection to break, right? And then uh, the way you break any, or the way you do any type of cord cutting is you want to do it with an instrument, a tool made of pure white light. And you can select whatever tool you want. It could be a knife. It could be a sword. It could be scissor, a pair of scissors. Um, you know, anything that can cut um, is, is, is fair game. Um so you want to just cut each of these cords one by one, right? Um, and then as you cut them, they're going to recede, like the energy is going to recede to where it originally belonged. And so what I also recommend that you do is, you know, there, there would be this energetic cords that kind of like withdrew, withdraw back into your chakras patch them up and seal them up really well so there's you know there is no opening in any of your chakras so you kind of like you can even help yourself with the arm kind of like it's almost because it's a mini surgery it's like a mini energetic surgery right in the same way that you wouldn't cut the body open take the organ out place the new organ and then never um sew it shut you want to sew sew your and 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 and, you know figuratively speaking sew your chakras shut so there is no nothing like hanging out um, loose. Mm-hmm. So that would be like maybe a more complicated slash sophisticated way of doing it. If you get into this meditation and for the life of you, you cannot see which chakra is connected to which other chakra. It honestly, frankly, doesn't matter because this exercise is going to work anyway. 
what you would just want to do, right? If you don't know which chakras are connected, you just would want to go um, either from your root chakra up or from your crown chakra down. It doesn't really matter. And again, take the scissors of light or the sword of light, whichever is your tool of choice, and cut the cords in each of the corresponding chakras. Now, there is a chance that there is no cord. And so you're not really it, with it. Like, for instance, there is a chance that um, your crown chakra and the crown chakra of a particular egregore are not connected, right? And so you would be cutting air, <laughs> thin air. And that's fine, honestly. Um, you're better overdoing this than underdoing it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So just go um, from one chakra to the other, cut, seal everything up, right? Another thing that I recommend doing here is call your energy back, right? Um, so in the same way that, you know, like I said, everything uh, as you're working with an egregore is an exchange of energy. What you want to make sure is cutting cords is just half, half the trouble. You also would probably want to claim your energy back and give back the energy that belongs to this egregore. Unless you do that, right, you're not fully severing your ties with that egregore, right? Because like attracts like, and if they that egregore is holding on to enough of your energy and you're holding on to enough of their energy, then you're going to be brought and attracted back together again, right? So that it would be a very like hard thing for you, like a very hard relationship for you to get out of. So what I recommend is claiming back your energy. The way this works is, I mean, first it starts with a simple indication and declaration that you want your energy back you know, that you're claiming your energy back and you are, you know, you intend to uh, bring back all of the energy that you've ever given to this egregore and then you freely give away any energy that you might have borrowed or taken from that egregore. And um, what I like to do is you can imagine, right, because like um, it's, it's a fun visual type of meditation, you could imagine that you have multiple vessels made of transparent glass, empty vessels, right, on your end. Um, and as your energy is coming back to you, you could see those vessels being filled up with a liquid. It's liquid energy, right? And it's generally of a certain color. It could be multiple colors. And you just want to wait for um, you know, many, as many vessels as is needed to be filled up with your energy that's coming back into your orbit, into your system, into your aura. And then you can even watch the same process on the other side, right? Of like you returning back all of the energy that you borrowed from this egregore for the time being when you had a connection with that egregore. And you want to see what energy comes back to them, what color it is, you know, is it viscose, um, you know, how much of it. And you can even see, right, um, how many vessels, like how many um tubes of energy you gave back as opposed to the egregore gave back and that would be a really really good indication of whether this was a fair exchange in the first place Hmm, that's great and uh is it enough to do it just once if you are trying to give up sugar for example well (laughs) it depends uh for addictions it's harder for addictions most likely you're going to need multiple sessions the reason being it's not because one doesn't work but it's because there are a lot of things in the outside world that are triggering you 
Mm -hmm. uh, because every addiction has triggers. And chances are you probably have reminders. So with everybody who has a sugar addiction, there are certain things within their home or their neighborhood or their town or with their group of friends that reminds them of their craving. Mm -hmm. It could be, oh, every time I pass down, down this donut shop, I think of donuts and I crave a donut. Or it could be my ritual in the morning is that I have a bar of chocolate for breakfast. I don't know. I'm just making it up, right? But like you are going to have habits associated with, with this egregore. What the cord cutting does not necessarily do is prevent you from being triggered by the outside world. And if you yield to that temptation, right? If you wanted to give up sugar, but you were passing by down the donut shop and, and, and you ate 10 donuts... Unfortunately, you just reestablish a relationship with an egregore. So, you know, and we can have a whole new episodes about addictions and talk yeah. about like that. But like for in, in order to be able to break an addiction, truly what you need is spare energy. So you need energy because um, an, an energy above and beyond what you need for your day to day life. Right. And, and we can talk about how you can get that. But um, that, your, you know, your amount of energy is going to be directly correlated to your will, strength of will. Because in order to deal with an addiction, you need to have enough energy to be able to withstand it. But also, really, what you want to do is you want to create a substitute. I, never, um, I would never recommend quitting something called turkey. So if it's a sugar, your best bet is to substitute sugar with something that you find to be an alternative that is a healthier alternative. I don't know, switch to honey, switch to very sweet berries, even stevia, like something that, you know, is not, is, is not sugar. It's going to be a lot more effective, but it's still coupled with the, like you still need to work on your energy. Because every time your energy is full, you're better able to withstand any type of uh, temptations from within, from uh, the outside. Yeah, that will be a separate episode, 100%. It's too much, uh, uh, like too broad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this uh, information with us uh, today. And uh, now I'm going to and our session thank you so much for listening to conversations with my higher self podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode if you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future please email us at hello at conversations with my higher self co if you resonate with our message please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends the world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergei.